Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Guardian Mindset Podcast. Attorney Eric Daigle. Today, I'm going to spend a little bit of time on First Amendment. First Amendment's been an issue that we've been hot on in DLG, specifically with our First Amendment Summit, which comes in June. But this is kind of a First Amendment thing that kind of like every officer needs to know. And I'm going to start with one specific area with the First Amendment, and that is the law of the First Amendment, specifically two Supreme Court cases that came out in 2018 and 2019. You know, one of the things that is very clear in First Amendment law is that we're so used to, in law enforcement, all of the Fourth Amendment law, and we use the word jurisprudence, and the jurisprudence, as we've talked about before, is the legal history of the law. And the one thing that's really clear is that the Fourth Amendment law is very, the jurisprudence of the Fourth Amendment law, there's not much left to be uh, analyzed in the aspect of First Amendment application. Um, for, I'm sorry, Fourth Amendment application. But when it comes to First Amendment, it's a, it's a whole new world. And uh, the whole new world is a little bit concerning because when it's a whole new world, there, there is more of an ability for uh, officers to get themselves in harm's way. And specifically, what we're going to talk about today is the, the term retaliation and the claim of retaliation. So, you know, if I'm going to talk about the First Amendment, I got to start with my quote, and I'm a big Thomas Jefferson uh, quote for the First Amendment, and he says, there is no justification for taking away individuals' freedom in the guise of public safety. Um, How about COVID? Uh, When you abandon freedom to achieve security, you learn, you lose both and deserve neither. Well, Let's dive into two specific cases. And the reason why I became really concerned with the First Amendment in the daily application started in 2018 with the Supreme Court case Lozman versus the city of Rivera Beach and continued into 2019 with the case called Neves versus Bartlett. And the application of these cases were ones that, uh, that showed that, well, there might be something here that we're we're a little concerned with in the general application and overall um, application. So the first case that we want to talk about is going to go back to June 18th, 2018, where the Supreme Court issued a decision on a case called Lozman versus the city of Rivera Beach. And the issue on the table is one that is important here. And so let me, before I get into the, into the facts and specific analysis of the case, let's look at it in its general perspective. The question here is, that the allegation that there was a First Amendment retaliation claim along with a Fourth Amendment false arrest claim. And the, the, the question that went up to the Supreme Court twice, both in Lozman and Nieves, is does the existence of probable cause for an arrest, does it bar a First Amendment retaliation claim? So in 2006, uh, Mr. Lozman, well, he towed his floating home into a slip in a city-owned marina where he became a resident in the city of Rivera Beach. Soon after his arrival, Mr. Lozman became an outspoken critic of the the city's plan to use eminent domain power to seize homes along the waterfront for private development. Lozman often spoke during public comment periods at the city council meeting and criticized public employees, including the mayor. I'm sure every one of your jurisdiction has one of these individuals who goes to every city meeting and takes full advantage of the two minutes that they have available in order to talk about how they feel the city is doing wrong. So um, at some point during the interaction in 2006, he files a lawsuit against the city 
uh, alleging that they violated the Florida's open meeting law. And, and basically what, they, what he learned is that during this application, the city council in a closed door session discussed um, a, a uh, discussed using all the resources available to the city to intimidate Mr. Lozman's and others who had filed lawsuits against the city. Um, the key to this is that they lost a lawsuit regarding the uh, retaliation against Mr. Lozman. So later that year, November of the year, which is five months after the closed door meeting, um, an agenda, the agenda included a public comment in which Mr. Lozman went to the city council meeting also, you know, as a public meeting. And in this public comment session, the citizens could address the council for a few minutes. So as he had done in earlier occasions and would do more than 200 times over the coming years, Mr. Lozman stepped up to the podium to give remarks. He began to discuss the recent arrest of a former county official. A council member interrupted Mr. Lozman, directed him to stop making those remarks. Lozman continued speaking, this time about the arrest of a former official from the city of West Palm Beach. The councilman then called for the assistance of a police officer who was in attendance. The officer approached Ms. Lozman, Mr. Lozman and asked him to leave the podium, but Mr. Lozman refused. The officer was instructed to carry him out, so he handcuffed Mr. Lozman and ushered him out of the meeting. Lozman was arrested and charged with disorderly conduct and resisting arrest. The charges were ultimately dismissed because, although there was probable cause to effect the arrest, there was no reasonable likelihood of successful prosecution. Now, Mr. Lozman turned around and he sued the city for arresting him in a retaliation for his oppositions to the city's development plan in violation of the First Amendment. And while this is important, this is something you need to fully understand here. We are used to, in the litigation world, we're used to having people file what we would deem to be false arrest claims. And a false arrest claim is a violation of a Fourth Amendment law, basically that says that somebody was arrested uh, there's four elements to a false arrest claim. Number one is somebody is arrested, that the resulting prosecution um, ends in the, in the benefit for the plaintiff, which means it either has to be dismissed or a not guilty plea has to be found. The key in this situation is that we're used to getting Fourth Amendment false arrest claims. But it wasn't until 2018 where we started to see, with this case, an increase in not only a Fourth Amendment claim, but a First Amendment retaliation claim. So just so you understand what's being said here is what they're saying is the arrest of Mr. Lozman was in retaliation for his public speech. And to put it in layman's terms, it basically said uh, what Mr. Lozman said was making people mad. And as a result of it making people mad, he was arrested in retaliation, not for a crime, but in retaliation. Now, Mr. Lozman... Um, was went to went to court in a civil litigation and the evidence and the arguments presented by both parties with respect to all matters alleged in Lozman's suit consumed 19 days of a jury trial. The jury returned a verdict for the city, but Lozman appealed to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals and the Court of Appeals held that the jury found that there was probable cause to arrest Lozman and such a finding defeated his First Amendment retaliatory arrest claim as a matter of law. So, Mr. Lozman turned around and appealed to the United States Supreme Court. He claimed that notwithstanding the presence of probable cause, 
his arrest at the city council meeting violated the First Amendment because the arrest was ordered in retaliation for his earlier protected speech. Now, some of you may be listening saying, well, Eric, well, why does this matter? Think about that. Because we never arrest anybody for making us mad or making other people mad. And more importantly, isn't some of the uh, elements of certain crimes that we have in this country, isn't that actually the, the clear issues that may come into place here? Now, the, the Supreme Court took the case, and the issue before the Supreme Court, as I said, was whether the existence of probable cause bars a First Amendment retaliation claim under Section 1983. The court vacated the Court of Appeals' decision and decided that it does not. Now, they did leave up open some um, concern, and the key that the court found in this first case in 2018 was that the court first stated that this is not a typical retaliatory arrest claim because Lozman did not contest the arrest himself or the officer's action of arresting him. Lozman alleges that the city was the one who retaliated against him in pursuit of his official municipal policy of intimidation. So first part, they're saying it's not even the officer, it's the city. Number two, the court said the fact that Lozman must prove the existence and enforcement of an official policy motivated by retaliation separates Lozman's claim from the typical retaliatory arrest claim. An official retaliatory policy is a particularly troubling and potent form of retaliation for a policy can be long-term and pervasive Unlock an, unlike an ad hoc or on-the-spot decision by an individual person. Now, the key here is that the, the Supreme Court said, okay, we're not going to say as a bright-line rule that, that probable cause will defeat retaliation. But one of the things that we are often concerned about when we deal with Supreme Court law was can that, as the Supreme Court said here, that this is a case-by-case case basis. And so that first case came and went, and it got our attention. Um, but at the same point, even though it got our attention, it didn't really cause us any serious concern. But it had gotten our attention, so we are going to pay attention to that. Um, but the next case is the one that I really want you to be aware of, because this case was a pre-COVID case. It was in 2019. And it is the second time in a row where the Supreme Court is asked to evaluate whether probable cause in an arrest can eliminate a First Amendment free speech retaliation claim. So the case is called Neves versus Bartlett. And I'll give you the a glimpse into the end. The Supreme Court held in a 6-3 decision that the existence of probable cause generally defeats a First Amendment retaliatory arrest case. Okay, now... I know you're not all lawyers, but what does it mean when the Supreme Court says generally defeats? Well, the key is, is that it means it's not a bright line law and it's still open for analysis. So here's the facts of this case, which are very relevant to our world. So Sergeant Nieves is a member of the Alaska State Troopers and the Alaska State Troopers are um, as you know, the Anditaran uh, or the X Games are in the upper part of Alaska. And this is a very difficult thing to enforce because, as you probably would imagine, there's a lot of partying that goes on. And there's a lot of 
debauchery and debacles that occur during this application. So the Alaska State Troopers, they don't even really um, police it, but they just kind of like form a wall around it and just keep all of what's going on inside. But they, they are concerned because, as you would imagine, the X Games also attracts children. And so they do have some, some rules. And one of their rules, especially in the area where people reside, are in their campers. I can't imagine a camper in the middle of Alaska and during the X Games. But one of the rules is, is that the alcohol can't be visible. They have to keep the alcohol out of visibility. So I guess to believe that, that you know, it's not, not available to children. So as the sergeant and another trooper are doing the rounds, they see Bartlett and he's sitting outside his trailer and he's got a keg in the snow next to him and he's drinking. And so the troopers say, hey, you know, listen, man, you got you to gotta put, uh, put that keg inside. You can't, can't have the keg visible. And well, Mr. Bartlett, let's just go with the fact that he's not—he's not a big friend of law enforcement, and uh, so he starts a barrage of 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 allegations and insinuations against the troopers. F you! I'm not listening to you. Screw you! You can't make me do it. And he's—let's just go with—he's being difficult, right? And so the troopers—they make a good decision in this situation, and they say you know what, we're just going to leave him alone. We're not going to deal with him. But later that day, Sergeant Neves and another trooper come upon a, uh, a, a two children under the age individuals who are in possession of narcotics. And as they're conducting a Terry stop and an investigation into the, nar- into the, the children or the juveniles having narcotics, um, here comes Mr. Neves, and as you can imagine, he's his own same friendly personality, which is he's, at least was the record say, he's yelling and screaming, you don't have to talk to them, you don't have to listen to them, you have rights, tell them to, tell them to F off, screw them, you know, just being an overall outstanding citizen in the general application. But the troopers, are, they do a good job, and they, they say, listen, Mr. Bartlett, you know, you need to, you need to step back, you need to... You need to just step back and not be involved in this application. Now, the key to this is that the troopers are wearing body-worn cameras, and so this whole interaction is recorded. And so, uh, as the allegation state, at some point, Mr. Bartlett gets too close to the troopers, gets in between the troopers and the children that they are investigating, and allegedly pushes one of the troopers. Well, Mr. Bartlett is taken to the ground. He becomes a big snowball. And, and as they pick him back up, one of the things that I will use to remind you here is do me a favor and, you know, you know, be conscious of what you say when the body worn cameras running specifically to the count here is that as Mr. Bartlett was being taken back up, one of the troopers said, I bet you wish you kept your mouth closed now, don't you? Um, again, that doesn't help the overall analysis when the allegation is retaliation. So Mr. Neves is arrested and the arrest is thrown out, and Mr. Re- or Mr. Um, I'm sorry, not Mr. Neves, Mr. Bartlett files a civil lawsuit and alleges uh, a false arrest under the Fourth Amendment and a retaliation claim under the First Amendment. And what he says is that he's being he's being arrested because of what he said. He's being retaliated against because of the way that he, the things he said to the troopers and the way that he said them. 
Now, the one thing you need to be aware of, and this is general First Amendment application, is that the rule in dealing with First Amendment application is content neutral time, place, and manner restrictions. What that means is content neutral. It means you, you can't use the content in the application of making a decision. Content neutral means that we live in America, and in America, under the First Amendment, under freedoms that a lot of us fought for, is that somebody can say whatever they want to say. They can put whatever they want to put on a sign, and they can they can be clear about that application. And so one of the recommendations that we give all of you in responding to speech, whether it's in somebody like Mr. Bartlett, who is being bold and vulgar, or it's a crowd or protest or public disturbance application, is that you got to remember that you can't respond to speech. You can't, your response has to be content neutral and it must be, a, you, the only thing you're able to enforce is what we call time, place, and manner restrictions. And what that means is you have to be able to enforce a law that, ap- that applies to the place where the speech is made, the time where the speech is, is provided, whatever that application is, times, place, and manner of speech. Now, in this situation, the case goes to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court relies on one of its uh, precedent cases called Hartman versus Moore, which is a 2006 Supreme Court. And in this case, Chief Justice Roberts, writing for the majority, relied primarily on Hartz versus, Hartman versus Moore, where the court held that probable cause defeats retaliatory prosecution claims. The court said in Hartman, the court noted that providing causation is difficult in retaliatory prosecution cases because, quote, the official with malicious motive does not carry out the retaliatory action himself. The decision to bring charges is instead made by a prosecutor who is generally immune from suit and whose decisions receive a presumption of regularity. So let me make you know, again, confusing legal stuff. Let me make it simple for you. What the what Justice Roberts is saying here is that um, the decision to prosecute is the arrest, right? Is is where the malicious motive comes in. And what they're basically saying is like, hey, you know, an officer that places somebody under arrest, are they really prosecuting them? And and the question, the answer to that question would be no. Because the end result would be that even if an officer makes an arrest, it's still the decision of the prosecutor uh, in order to clarify um, that application, in order to make sure that, that, that there is probable cause under the definition or under the, in, you know, the legal intent of probable cause. So the, the court goes on to say, uh, similarly, It is difficult to determine if protected speech is the cause of an arrest because protected speech is often a wholly legitimate consideration for officers when deciding whether to make an arrest. The the key here is that what the court's recognizing is that there is some crimes that you would have in your jurisdiction, maybe disorderly conduct, maybe incitement to violence, but there is some crimes where the... uh, the consideration or the elements of the crime may actually be protected speech. Um, So the court's caveat in this case is that what their area of concern is that 
No probable cause requirements should not apply when an officer presents objective evidence that the arrestee was treated differently than other arrested individuals in the same or similar situation. And that's what I want you to take from this podcast. Where the Supreme Court left us in 2019 is they said, well, we're not going to say across the board that um, probable cause will waive an allegation of retaliatory conduct on behalf of the First Amendment. That's scary. That concerns us because we assume that a lot of the arrests, false arrest claims going forward are going to also include a retaliatory First Amendment allegation. Second, but what they did say is this. We're going to give you the benefit of the doubt, and but we want to tell you of something that we're so concerned about, and that is, and they use this exact example, so, so pay attention to it. What they said was, Let's say you have an individual who is running their mouth and they're running their mouth to the point where they're insulting you or they're attacking you in some form or some manner. And let's say that you arrest this individual for a low level crime. Let's say something like jaywalking, right? The question that the court said here was that, remember they said, you treat this person differently from someone similarly situated. So what the court said is, we're going to evaluate whether or not you have ever arrested anybody for jaywalking before. And if this guy is the first guy that you arrested for jaywalking, well, then you're going to have an uphill battle in alleging, in protecting yourself from a claim of retaliation. So let's wrap this up. The area of concern that I really want you to focus on is that the First Amendment has become some, uh, some areas of concern to us. And what we mean by that is that there seems to be some open-ended questions because of a lack of legal jurisprudence or legal history on the interpretation of a retaliation claim in direct relationship to a legitimate probable cause arrest. And so one of the things that I will take as a, well, I will leave you as a summary for this and to take away from this is remember one thing. Probable cause, probable cause, probable cause. And remember what the courts have said about probable cause. You know, facts and circumstances, detail. In fact, the Supreme Court in a case in 2017 referred to probable cause like a glass of water. Make sure that you put as many droplets of water as you can into the glass so that the glass is going to be as full as it possibly can be. Make sure you articulate all the facts and circumstances from A to C to support, A to Z, not C, to support the fact that there is probable cause to make the decision to arrest a subject. We can assume that one of the things that is going to be prevalent in the next few years is allegations that you arrested me just because I said something that offended you. Make sure as we take our body-worn camera footage in play, and we look at some of the issues that is, is going to be uh, on hot uh, based on public disturbances and vocal, and, you know, and vocal comments made by citizens, and more importantly, just a complete lack of, of uh, common decency that we see in this country. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to deal with this issue in other podcasts as we go forward, specifically to the First Amendment right to free speech. If you have a situation of an individual who is articulating and, you know, and he is 
he or she is being very vocal as to their opinion and what they think of you and what they think of police work and what they think of everybody, you know, make sure that you, when it's time to arrest them for whatever crime they have committed, make sure that you are articulating clearly the probable cause in this process so that that doesn't come back later to harm you. And we're watching very closely, which is why we have the First Amendment Summit, and we're watching to see what the Supreme Court might do in the future with more litigation cases that we expect to see come forward in the area of retaliation and false arrest claims. So remember, the takeaway is it shouldn't matter what the scenario was that led to the arrest. Do me a favor, make sure probable cause is articulated in your documentation to support your arrest so that there's no issue of that later when that becomes part of scrutiny because the subject is making a claim that it is a First Amendment retaliation claim. All right, with that, I'll leave you. Help those who need your help, protect those who need your protection, and most importantly, keep yourself and others safe. Thank you.